0: Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. Say, God, give me ears to hear hear. and a heart that is ready to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today, you're at the right place at the right time, I believe that God is going to do something unique in the life of every single person here. Do you believe that? Yesterday morning, I woke up very early and went and sat by myself, and God began to show me some things about changing the direction of our life. And I pinned down five ways to change the direction of your life. Several years ago, uh, Randy, who is our worship pastor, and myself, we went hunting, and I was like 19 years old, so we went on this amazing hunting trip, we were staying out of town, and the first night we slept in a hotel and ate by the campfire, but camping to me, it looks more like a holiday inn. Anybody like to camp that way? And so I ate my next breakfast at Cracker Barrel. We checked into a hotel and later that evening, Randy and I decided, hey, let's leave the trip a little bit early and go back home and see our girlfriends, which worked out really well for us because we both married those girlfriends. Yesterday, I celebrated 18 years of marriage to my wife, Ashley. And so hindsight, it was a good decision. But when we left that night from the hotel, There was an immense amount of fog. Have you ever driven in like a heavy fog, the the kind of fog that you can't really see that far? We, We really should not have left. We should have gone back to the hotel, but love propelled me, desire propelled me to come home and see my girlfriend. And so we set out to drive in this fog that we could not see in. And the exit that we were on on 75 had an on-ramp that was a little bit different than I was used to. You know, normally, you would turn like this to get on to the southbound, or you would pass it and turn like this to go northbound. This one was completely different because it did one of those loop-arounds. And again, the fog was so heavy, I could not see the signs. And so Randy and I got on 75, headed in the wrong direction, but we didn't realize it until we had gone several miles down the road and there was nowhere to turn around except for an exit that was 13 miles away, in the middle of the night, driving in this heavy fog. We were going in the wrong direction. And at that time, when I realized it, I had to make a decision, do I either keep on going or do I turn around? Do I go find a new girlfriend in a new city (laughs) Or do I turn around and drive back home? And so we made the decision to change the direction that we were headed in so that we could go back home. The reason I mention that to you is because in life sometimes things get a little bit foggy. In life sometimes things get a little bit of uh, haze around it. There, There may be times that you have great clarity in life, and I'm thankful to God for those times. But there are also times in your life where things will get foggy, things will get hazy, and you will not know which way to go. And it's very easy for us as human beings to start going in the wrong direction. It's easy for us to mentally go in the wrong direction. It's easy for us to emotionally sometimes go in the wrong direction. Sometimes it's easy for us to take our relationships and our marriages and our friendships in the wrong Direction. Not because we're trying to go the wrong way, but just because we simply cannot see in the moment, and that's the course we follow. Anybody ever had that happen to you in life? You, you weren't intentionally trying to go the wrong way. You just had a moment of, of brain fog. You couldn't think right, and you got going in the wrong direction. The question is, when you find yourself in that particular season, what do you do with it? Do you keep on driving, or do you say, you know what, I've gone the wrong way, I need to turn around. And so today we're going to be talking about five ways to change the direction of your life, and we're sticking with the theme of Ephesians. I'm going to go to the fourth chapter. We'll start reading in verse 17. These scriptures should be there for you on the screen. The Bible says, in Ephesians 4, 17, Paul speaking. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. I want you to understand that there is a course that the world follows. Paul is saying that before you come into the kingdom of God, you are walking in the futility of your mind. The futility of your mind means that you are aimlessly Walking, you are walking with no sense of purpose. And when you walk in the futility of your mind, you tend to walk in the wrong direction. Now, like I said, we all have a tendency to go the wrong direction, but a foolish person will say, it's okay, I'm going to keep on going. But wisdom says, when I mess up, when I turn the wrong way, I'm going to turn back. And so so Paul is urging us, hey, now that you've come into Christ, now that you've left the former ways of living, don't walk as the Gentiles do. You don't have to live in the futility of your mind. You don't have to walk aimlessly. You don't have to walk without purpose because now you've come into the kingdom of light. Now God can begin to show you some things. Now God can begin to order your steps. Now God can begin to take you into your purpose and your destiny he picks up on verse 18 he says they are talking about those that do not have God in their life they are darkened in their understanding alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of heart get that they are darkened they have no understanding they do not even realize that they're going in the wrong Direction. They're following the course that is just natural to them. The course that pleases their senses. The course that pleases their desires without any real consideration of where will this take me. I've said this to you before, but I want this to settle in. Every decision you make in life will take you in a direction. Let me say that again. Every decision you make in life will take you in a direction. You are currently in the situation you are in based upon decisions that you have made. We don't like to hear that, but it's no one else's fault. We are where we are because of the decisions we've made. That is true with small decisions, and that is true with big decisions. So a foolish person never considers, where is this going to take me? It's just one of those things like, hey, we'll just roll the dice and see where we end up. But a person with wisdom is always looking ahead saying, okay, when I do this, where will it land me? When I say this, where will it take me? My great-grandfather used to say, always think 10 times before you speak. We could apply that to think 10 times before you Facebook, 10 times before you text. I've got a rule that I try not to social media anytime I'm very tired or very angry because I know I'm going to release something I can't take back. So I'll think through. Not always. I'm not a perfect man. But I try to think through, once I say this, where is it going to take me? I know that in my relationship with my wife, there are certain things that I say that's going to take me down a path. And I've got to really think and consider, is the juice worth the squeeze? (laughs) Because she's going to squeeze me. And sometimes, Paul, I'll just admit it, like sometimes it just gets the better of me and I say it anyway and then I regret it immediately. (laughs) Why? Because I didn't really think it through. For those of you who are younger in this room, please hear what I'm saying. Every decision you make will take you to a destination. Sometimes those decisions you make can be life-altering. Wrong relationships, wrong friendships, wrong groups of people that take you down a path that leads to... Destruction. And so Paul is pleading with us, hey, don't walk that way. Don't walk aimlessly. Think it through. Know where it's going to take you. And if it's going in the wrong direction, course correct. He says, but those people, they're darkened in their understanding. They do not know better. They're alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. Hardness of heart. In the book of Romans, he says, thinking themselves to be wise, they've become fools. They think they know it all, but really they know nothing. Verse 19, they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity, but that is not the way you learn Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, As the truth is in Jesus. Here we go. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And to be renewed. Somebody say renewed. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness you want to know what the Christian life is all about it's about learning to put on the new life it's a lifelong journey of learning to walk away from the former things so that you can walk into the new thing and the big idea here that Paul is getting to us is if you want to change the direction of your life then you've got to change your mind. If you want to change your direction, you've got to change your mind. He says that you need to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Why? Because wrong thoughts will take you in the wrong direction. Wrong thoughts will take you in the wrong direction. It's very important that we consider how we think. It's very important to consider what foundation are we building our thought life on. Am I building my thought life on fact, or am I building my thought life on feeling? Am I building my thought life on truth, which Paul says is in Jesus Christ? He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. Or am I building my thought life upon the pattern of the world, not considering where I'm going? And he's wanting us to know if you want to change the direction of your life, if you want to learn to walk away from the former things and step into the new thing, then what you have to do is you have to change your mind. You have to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Renewing your mind is learning to see from God's perspective. Learning to see from God's perspective. And it's not something we have to do on our own because He's given us the grace for it. As a matter of fact, the scriptures teach us that now we have the mind of Christ. See, Stephanie, I don't have to think the way I used to think because now I have the mind of Christ, which means my life can be filtered through His mind. My life can be filtered through His way of thinking. And again, I want you to understand this is a process. Somebody say this is a process. This isn't an overnight thing. Sometimes people get frustrated because they come into Christ and they still have the same feelings. They come into Christ and they still have the same thoughts. It is a process. Sanctification is the process that God is walking us through to make us more like Him. And the more we press in, the more we'll see the change. The more we press in, the more we'll see a shift in the direction. So here's the five ways to renew your mind so you can change your direction. Are you ready? Number one is this. If you want to change the direction of your life, you have to change what you are allowing to fill your mind. If you want to change the direction of your life, you have to change what you are allowing to fill your mind because whatever you allow in is what you are going to release. These television screens that we have on the side, they are nothing more than a projector. They are not creating an image. Are you following me so far? I'm actually not inside that television right now. What's happening is a signal is being sent to the television and it's it's projecting to you. Now watch this. Director, I want you just to go through some of the shots that we have in here. See that? See that? Let's go through them all. Which one do I look best in? (laughs) The reason you were able to see something different and the reason those of you who are watching from home were able to see something different is because we changed what was being sent to the projector. It's the same thing with our life. If you want to change the outcome, if you want to change the output, then you have to change the input because you will constantly show whatever you are filled with. It it is ridiculous to think that you're going to have positive results if you're always filling yourself with negative things. If you're always filling yourself with things that are depressing to you, then you should never wonder, hey, why don't I have joy? Hello. If you are always filling your life with things that would deteriorate a relationship or a marriage, then you should not be surprised when your marriage starts to fall apart. Why? Because whatever you are inputting is going to be output in your life. Y'all are all familiar with King David. He was the king of Israel. David loved God. David was a worshiper of God. David penned scripture that we read Today, the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. The problem is David also had a flesh suit just like you and I. One day he's hanging out at his house when he should have been out fighting with his men. He's got the armies out there fighting. The Bible says it was the time where kings should have been out to war. But instead of going out to war where David should have been, he decides, hey, I'm going to Netflix and chill. And so he's at his house, he's watching Netflix, he gets up to go get a soda out of the refrigerator, and as he's walking by his window, he notices a chick taking a bath. Her name was Bathsheba, which makes me wonder what came first, the bath or the Bathsheba? I don't know. But he sees this girl, now watch this, he sees this girl taking a bath, And instead of turning around and going back to the couch, he begins to investigate. He begins to fantasize. He begins to allow these thoughts to permeate his heart and his mind. And as those thoughts begin to settle deep into his heart and his mind, he starts to inquire. Hey, who is this girl? What's her name? What's she all about? He gets her information. He says, go get her bring her over. I want to hang out with her a little bit. He hangs out with her. He ends up going down a very, very bad path. She ends up getting pregnant. Because of her pregnancy, David then decides, I've got to cover this thing up because she's married. So he tries to cover it up. Nothing he does works. And so finally he says, let's have her husband killed. Think about that. The wrong thought took him down a path that took him into a very, very bad place in his life. Not because he didn't know God, but because he allowed his mind to be filled in an area that it didn't need to be filled in. And it took him down a path. Whatever you meditate on in life is what you're going to gravitate towards. Hello, somebody. Whatever you meditate on is what you're going to gravitate towards. So if you begin to meditate on the good things of God, you're going to gravitate towards the good things of God. If you start to meditate on things that are evil by nature, you are going to gravitate towards the things that are evil by nature. That's why Joshua, chapter 1, verse 8, when God is talking to Joshua, and he's about to move him into a leadership position, he says, Joshua, listen, you need to meditate on the word day and night. You need to take what I'm saying and you need to think on that thing. You need to feed on that thing. You need to chew on that thing. Why? Because it's gonna change the direction of your life. He says, and if you do this, Joshua, then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. Hear what I'm saying. Prosperity and success is a choice that you make determined by what you are meditating on. So we gotta be very careful what we're filling ourselves with because it's gonna take us in a direction. Good things produce good things. Negative things will produce negative things. Now what's amazing is David, once he is confronted with his sin, he repents. Repents, to repent means I, I, I change directions, I change my mind, I walk away from what was into something new and God forgives him, but that was wisdom at work in his life, and he had to make that decision. Am I going to keep on going down this path that leads to more destruction, or am I going to turn? Am I going to change? So, if I want to change the output, I've got to change the input. Somebody say, if I want to change the output, I've got to change the input. I want you to really start considering, what am I allowing to fill my life? Every day, we are bombarded with things wanting to take up occupancy in our mind. Television, radio, social media. It's all over the place, trying to find room in our mind. And what we allow in will change the course of our life. The second thing is this. Confess what you believe, not what you feel. Turn the person next to you and say, confess what you believe, not what you feel. Your words will pave the path that you will walk down. Please understand the power of what you say. Your words have the ability to create your reality. The Bible would say it like this, death and life are in the power of your tongue. So if you're going in the wrong direction, then I need to start speaking myself into the right direction not based upon what I feel but what I believe that's important because you're not always gonna feel what you need to feel but your feelings should never change what you believe there's times in David's life where he goes through an immense amount of pressure and discouragement things that would break most people David had to walk through And he says in the scripture, he says, you know what? I would have lost heart. I would have given up. I would have thrown my hands in the air when things got difficult. I would have walked away from this situation when the pressure came unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So I don't care how I feel because my feelings do not determine my life. My faith in Jesus Christ determines the course of my life. So even though I don't see it, even though I don't feel it, I'm gonna speak it. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Are you following this? You may not always feel victorious, but you've gotta speak like you're a champion. And when you begin to speak, Like you're a champion, you'll start to come into the victory that God's called you into. Most of us suffer where we are because we don't know how to speak our way out of it. We'll celebrate the circumstance more than we'll celebrate the God who has the ability to pull us out. We'll talk about how big our problem is. We'll talk about how big our issue is. But how many times do we turn to that issue and say, you've got to bow your knee to the Lord Jesus Christ because you are inferior and he is superior? Hello? Are y'all with me this morning? So you begin to change your life by what you say. I've told you this before, but there, there are times that I've been very, very down, very, very depressed. There have been times in my life where I have felt like walking away. And in those moments, I've got a choice. I can either lean into that feeling and run and hide, or I can change the direction. And one of the most powerful ways to change that direction is through what I begin to say. I begin to thank God for his goodness. I begin to thank God for everything that he's blessed me with. I begin to thank God for all that he's done, and I thank him that he's not done yet. If he's brought me to this point, he'll bring me through this point. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I believe there is a green pasture on the other side, so I'm not camping out in my disappointment. I'm not camping out in my dysfunction. I'm not camping out in my discouragement. I'm going to keep on pushing, John. I'm going to keep on going because I am. I am going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's how you press on. You don't know how to press on in life? Press on through praise. Praise is a weapon. Praise shifts your perspective. Praise takes your eyes off of what you should not be looking at and focuses them in on what you should be looking at. I don't know if you need this sermon today, but I need it. I need it, man. Yesterday morning when I woke up, I woke up early. And honest to God, man, I just, I felt emotionally terrible. I mean, I was in an, an emotional wreck. And I'm laying there going through the woe is me's. And God, what's wrong? And why am I going through this? And why am I having to deal with this? And all this stuff. And I thought, you know what? I'm getting up. I'm getting into the scripture. I'm going to begin to study the Word of God. And as I began to study the Word of God, God began to show me some of the things that I'm dealing with here. And as I'm sitting there by myself drinking my coffee, I began to raise my hands and just go, God, I thank you for this wonderful day. This is the day that you have made. I am going to rejoice and be glad in it. And the attitude shifted, the atmosphere changed, and I had a wonderful day. See, we're all flesh. We're all subject to have those feelings that try to pull us down, but they don't have to keep you there. Hear what I'm saying? You do not have to live with depression because joy belongs to you. You don't have to live with frustration because peace belongs to you. You just got to learn how to start going out and taking hold of that by what you declare by what you say, by what you decree. I'm not talking about blabbing and grabbing. I'm not talking about just fantasizing and throwing anything out there and thinking it's going to happen. No, I'm talking about speaking according to the Word of God with faith based upon what I believe. And when I release my faith, those things start to come into my life. I'm telling you, church, this works. I'm telling you, who you are today is not who you have to be tomorrow. What you've been through in your past does not have to define your future, but you've got to be willing to fight. You've got to be willing to get up. You've got to be willing to get knocked down and get back up every single time saying, hey, I am going to keep on moving because I am a conqueror. I am victorious. I may have some scars, but those scars are a testimony that I'm still here and I'm still breathing. Amen? So the third thing is this intentional thoughts will produce intentional outcomes. Intentional thoughts will produce intentional outcomes. A successful life is not an accident, a successful marriage is not an accident. Anything that you want to put in the blank, it is not an accident. It is determined by the seeds that you sow. So you need to be very intentional in what you sow, understanding that every seed will produce a harvest. Every seed, listen to what I'm saying. Every seed will produce a harvest. But good things do not grow on accident. Bad things will. We've got a Japanese maple at our house. It's beautiful. And we intentionally planted it. And it's grown and it's flourished. And we went out of town for a little bit. And apparently it rained. Because when I came back, I had more than just a Japanese maple there. I had these brand new trees. They were about five to five and a half foot tall all around and all inside of that Japanese maple. So much so that you could no longer even see the Japanese maple through all of the weeds. I didn't have to intentionally plant the weeds. They planted themselves. Why? Because negative things will plant themselves. Positive things are intentionally planted. So I've got to make sure that in my life I am very intentional with what I am planting and what I am allowing to grow. Because weeds will come. Hello? Weeds will come, but you, you can't wait until like I did for a couple of weeks to get, go by to where those weeds have gotten strong, where those weeds have developed a, a root system because now what it's doing is it's sucking the nutrients from the thing that I need. Some of us are trying to grow healthy things and unhealthy things at the same time. We want to straddle the fence. This is a word for somebody because this just came to me. You're wanting to have your Japanese maple here, and you're wanting to be able to have the weeds in your life here too. The problem is they may grow together for a while. They may grow together for a season, and both of them may look like they're thriving, but if you do not deal with this, it will choke out this. There are things that you are allowing in your life that are choking out your relationships. Things that you're allowing in your life that are choking out your emotional stability. Things that you're allowing in your life that are choking out your mental well-being. And you've got to make the choice because this isn't going to disappear on its own. You've got to make the choice like I did the other day to get out there, put in the effort and start pulling some weeds. If it's not helpful, then it's leaving. If it's not beneficial, then it's got to go. I'm going to put in the work. Somebody say, I'm going to put in the work. Intentional. You've got to be very intentional with what you think about. You've got to be very intentional with what you allow in your life. How many of you have ever had like a thought cross your mind that you shouldn't have? We all have. If you want to be honest, we all have. So when that thought crosses our mind, we have a choice to either meditate on it, rehearse it, play it out, or take it captive. And that's where we mess up. See, you cannot, hear what I'm saying, you cannot determine what you will think. But you can determine what you will meditate on. I can't determine I cannot determine every thought that's going to come in and out of my mind. I cannot determine what what I'm going to see or hear in any given day. I mean, I can put a lot of effort in, make sure I can throw away my television, I can throw away the radio, but if you get out in public, you're going to see and hear things that you don't need to see and hear. You can't help it. But I can help what I allow myself to focus on, what I allow myself to meditate on. And I've got to fill myself to the full with what is good. The Bible says in Philippians 4.8, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Turn to the person next to you say, think about these things. This uh, water that I'm holding in my hand says that it holds 16.9 fluid ounces. That's its capacity. Once 16.9 gets put in this, there's no more room for anything else. Doesn't matter how much more I want. I could try to add more water and it's not going to go in there. It's just gonna spill over. Think about this. Your life has a capacity. Once you're filled, you're filled. Your day has a capacity of hours. You have a capacity of hours that you're asleep, a capacity of hours that you're awake. Once you are filled, you are filled. So be very intentional with what you are filling yourself with. The next thing is this. Learn to rejoice along the way. The renewing of your mind is a process. I don't want anyone to think that this is an automatic thing. And when you go through this process, many times you will find yourself falling away or slipping up. And instead of focusing on the failure, I want you to start to rejoice in the fact that God is seeing you through. Instead of beating yourself up, start to rejoice for the progress that you do see. It may just be a little. You know, if I start here, I may just do this. And I look back and it's not that noticeable, but thank God I'm still standing. Thank God it's a new day. And I take another step. If I keep on doing that, little by little, day by day, year by year, over time, I'm going to look back and go, wow. Look how far God has brought me. Has anyone seen that in your life? Like you didn't notice the change in the moment, but over time you can look back. You know, have you ever hung out with someone who, like you see them every day, and they've lost a lot of weight, and you don't don't really notice the fact that they're losing weight because you see them every day, and then you look at a picture of them from the past, and you go, oh my Lord, wow, what a big difference. But it didn't happen overnight. It's a process, and so I wanna learn how to rejoice in the process rejoice in the fact that God has started something in me and he's going to bring it to completion rejoice in the fact that I'm not in this thing on my own I'm not fighting alone but God is with me and the final thing is this make room for godly imagination make room for godly imagination this goes back to the meditation of our heart the meditation of our mind our thought life that brings us into what Joshua says or what God says to Joshua that brings us into good success, or what causes us to prosper, your imagination, your imagination. The Bible says in Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. Some versions say the people perish, which means you die where you are because you have no vision for anything else. The version that I just said to you says they cast off restraint, which means they are now wandering through life aimlessly because they do not have a vision, and what you do not see you can never take hold of. So I want to spend my life imagining what something can be. Vision, hear what I'm saying. Vision is learning to see from God's eternal perspective and learning how to bypass what you see in the natural. In other words, I learn to look beyond what I see right now because I'm staring at what it can become. If a relationship is falling apart right now, I do not stare at that. I'm looking at what can it become according to the word of God. Who can I become as a man according to the word of God? What kind of father can I be according to the word of God? What kind of husband can I be according to the word of God? What kind of pastor can I be according to the word of God? What kind of leader can I be according to the word of God? What kind of business person can you be according to the word of God? Again, not lurk — looking at the circumstance, not looking at my fault, not looking at my failure, but looking beyond and having a vision for the future. Because that vision gives me something to attach my faith to. Hello? Vision gives me something for my faith to attach itself to. And the more I stare at it, and the more I meditate on it, if it's biblical, if it's according to Scripture, the more I stare at it, the more I think about it, the more I'm going to begin to pull it into my reality. Some people die where they are because they don't have the ability to see anything better. Some people settle for what they have because they don't have the ability to see anything better. Some people use their imagination for the worse instead of the better. We imagine all the negative things that could happen. All the negative outcomes that could happen. I could lose my job. I could lose this. I could all of the negative. We have a wonderful way about ourselves to where we are drawn towards meditating and imagining the worst case scenario. But what if instead of imagining the worst case scenario, I started imagining the best case scenario? I'm sick of my body, but I'm seeing myself well. I feel depressed right now, but I see myself joyful. And because I'm not going to live according to my feelings, I'm going to stand up and do something about it. I may not feel like dancing, but I'm going to start dancing. Why? Because it makes me happy. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Your, Your mind is a powerful, powerful tool. Everything that you step into, everything that you go after starts right here. This thing will take you in a direction and the choice is yours to determine what direction you're going to go in no one else will do it for you God has given you the power to direct the course of your life through your mind by allowing his mind to settle in you and it's a process but every day I chip away every day I'm working it out Every day, I'm moving forward. I'm not giving up, Mandy, because I know there's something better out there. There's something better for me. And I don't care how good your life is right now. There is something better. Jesus came so that you could have life. He says, and more abundantly. He, that means he came so that you could have a life that overflows. A life that overflows with peace. A life that overflows with joy, a life that overflows with healthy relationships. Are you following what I'm saying? All of these things are available, but we have to learn how to go after it, how to meditate on it, how to declare it, how to reach out and take it and make it my own.